Hello, everybody. Welcome to the From the Sidelines podcast. My name is Noah Tyree, and I'm here with Chad Davis, Devin Davis, and Josh Duvall. How's it going? How's it going? And today, we're going to talk about some sports. Feel free to follow us on our Instagram and Twitter at TheFTSPod. Don't forget to subscribe to our iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube accounts. And send in questions or comments to us at TheFTSPod at gmail.com. And let's go ahead and get started. All right, to start it off. Things might not be going great for Auburn, but these games were pretty great. How about the Final Four? How about the Final Four? How about that Final Four? Yeah. <laughs> how about how about Kyle Guy? Oh, you might as well say Goat when you say Kyle Guy. He took over down the stretch. No, mm-hmm. Dakini is not getting his praise here, guys. He is a big factor in that with all those blocks he had. He had yeah, he had five blocks. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the the offensive end, but on the defensive end, he he held it together. Yep, he held it together pretty well. Those blocks were very th- crucial in this game. I think him and uh, DeAndre Hunter combined for seven blocks, I believe. Anyway, yeah, it, was, he, it was a crazy he, number. He had five of them. Yeah, hey, you guys, you guys are bringing up, you guys are bringing up the Virginia players, but I think their MVP was most definitely Samir Doughty. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah. Yep, he, was, he was definitely Virginia's best player. Oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. I, they better hang his jersey if they win this title. <laughs> with, with as well, possibly help from uh, the referees about that double dribble call. What do y'all think about that? Uh, no, no, no. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I want to go yeah, back to I'm not even. Yeah, well, it's not even that was, the referees. That was such a boneheaded play. Like I know you're trying to contest a shot. And just stand in front of him, keep your hands up. No, don't jump. Exactly. You, know? you can't just jump jump right into him. Don't put yourself in that situation. So anyway. I just thought it was a really dumb decision. Kyle guy though, part. he came through clutch on those free throws. And oh, then, he he looked real poised shooting them, didn't he? Like he didn't even care. He knew that he was gonna make those. At, even the, end in that... game, he, at the end of the game he said he was terrified. I didn't believe I, him, though. I know. I didn't believe it either. But... He was a good job at hiding it, if that's the case. Yeah, that is definitely. <laughs> None of those shots hit the rim. At all. All right. So, um, that double dribble call now? So, that double dribble. Speaking, speaking of which, Ty Jerome was trying his hardest to mm-hmm. give Auburn that game. He took three, <laughs> two horrible uh, three-point shots. But anyway, and then, okay, so he's dribbling the ball up the court, right? He dribble. Yep. He tries to go behind the back, dribbles it off his foot, yeah. and picks it back up with both hands and starts dribbling again. So that's. Obviously I know it's like dribble. in the heat of the moment how you couldn't call it because like he just dropped the ball, but the defender didn't touch it, so you yeah. can't just pick the ball up. That's that's just the same thing as just picking the ball up and dribbling it again. Absolutely yeah, obvious. I believe dribble. the ref was anticipating the intentional foul call. And kind of skipped over the fact that the double dribble occurred prior to the foul. I don't really know where they were at, but potentially, like based off the angle, they could like they could have thought that it bounced off an Auburn player. But I I don't don't think that's the case. (laughs) Yeah, what are the odds of that? Like, (laughs) I can't figure out why they would foul um, right after he dribbles it off his foot because he only had like two seconds left, and he was. at half court, so like yeah, that was... he was just gonna throw the ball up, throw a hip, yeah. <laughs> a prayer, and the first, yeah, but that allowed them to uh, 
repositioning well, yeah. themselves. Yeah, well, Jim Nance said it best. That saved them right there. That foul saved them. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the first intentional foul that they had before that, though, that was a good foul. Because I gave them time to set up the, some defense. Yeah, it was a, a smart, strategic play. But that second did you, one. Did that, you see? That there's a up. picture on Instagram of uh, Bryce Brown doing putting his hands on his throat, saying that Virginia was choking, and then <laughs> and yep. then the meme was March Madness comes at you fast because he was mm-hmm. sad laying mm-hmm. down on the court at the end of the game. Yeah. At least Bruce Pearl at least does didn't... Bruce Pearl things. <laughs> at least he didn't pour uh, pour beer on his head and get arrested. <laughs> and like I said before, Virginia tried to give that game away. They were up 10 with uh, four minutes to go, and they let Auburn go on a 14-0 run. Yeah, I I think Auburn definitely played better of those two teams. Oh, yeah. yeah, I do too. But... Kyle Guy, he came through clutch, though. He hit that three, and he hit those free throws. That and that foul shot in the corner was almost in. That was almost a four-point play. It hit right off the front yeah, of the rim. Yeah, I was just a little <laughs> bit short. Yeah. And Devin said Malik Dunbar on uh, last show that Malik Dunbar had to show up. He, needless to say, I think he stayed back at the hotel. They forgot to buy him a ticket. Yeah. I think is what <laughs> yeah. To buy zero him a four. Ticket. He didn't even write zero point. points and only two <laughs> rebounds. <laughs> And he shot. He, he didn't. Yep, he didn't make a single shot. He was zero from four, zero from three, uh, zero from three from three, and only played nine minutes. Hey, but the prediction came through. The prediction held held true. Yeah. And Auburn didn't shoot very well, as I expected. Just nine for thirty-one from three. It's yeah. not very, not very efficient. Purifoy didn't play as well as I expected either. I thought he would need to play really yep. well for them to win but he he did he did he played 29 minutes and he was two of seven so didn't make a three and he shot four all right let's uh turn to the second game of the night slate the what are our thoughts on the uh, yeah what are our thoughts on the red raiders taking down the spartans a uh, big matt mooney fan Big Matt Mooney fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Takes down me and Noah's prediction of Michigan State winning, but uh, overall. Yeah. I'm, Not I'm, that I'm complaining because I want Texas Tech to win. I, they were the underdog, ball. and I wanted them to win. So, oh, I'm, I'm glad Jarrett Culver decided to show up at some point. He was <laughs> 3 of 12. He was 3 of 12. Yeah. Well, Jarrett Culver is – he won the Big 12 Player of the Year award. Like, he's – He's just too good of a player to not show up until, like, halfway through the second half. Like, in the first half, I think he only had, like, one point and was just a non-factor. Um, but he eventually stepped up with uh, and hit that dagger three with about a minute left to go, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's going to have to show up the entire game against Virginia if they want to have a chance at winning. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he can't be having these cold spells. So that's just not going to happen. Exactly. As far as uh, Michigan State goes, Cassius Winston, he shot four of 16. Yep, he did not play as well as I thought he would for all he the high he was receiving. He finished with 16 points, so he did all, he did all right. He, yeah. played, he played the whole 40 minutes, too. He, he came close to his averages like he should. but Yeah, he missed, he missed a few crucial shots that could have helped him. Yeah. What was Texas up, up like 12? By yeah. 12 at uh, the under-8 timeout. 
The thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, anyway, I think I remember seeing the under eight timeout. Uh Michigan State was making their run on their way back. And then I was I was thinking to myself, yikes, this is too much time. They're gonna come back and make this a game of it. And sure enough, they did. Uh but I like the way Texas Tech responded after they uh got the lead down to one. They hit they hit a couple threes or they hit or Jerry Culver hit that three and uh Made their free throws down the stretch. Yep. All right. What do you guys What do you guys think about the championship? What are your predictions? I I could give three reasons to each team. Truly. I, I, okay. I guess what we're going to start off with Virginia and Kyle Guy, shouldn't we? The man in the the man in the regular season, Kyle Guy. Please listen to this. This is one of the most craziest statistics I've seen in quite some time. He shot. For like 267 of Virginia's 769 three-point attempts this season, which equals out to 36.6% of them, and he's making it at a rate of 42.7. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty crazy, yeah. <laughs> he is I'm literally... Feed the, the hot hand. <laughs> feed the that's hot all hand. you got to do. That's all you got to do. He's the best threat from deep, and it's and he's not even an impulse shooter. Like as well as Ty Jerome, he's absolutely he's he, absolutely a killer's mentality, and he never gets rattled in the end. Even though this game, he kind of did. <laughs> I don't think Ty Jerome's that good of a player, but that's just me. He still had yeah. twenty one. You know he he had twenty one. He made the he slipped up a few there, a few times there at the end, but he had he had twenty one points. So yeah, nine rebounds as well and six assists. So he. Overall, had a solid game. It was just the end of that game where he did. Anybody follow DeAndre Hunter's stats? And he had fourteen points, five rebounds. I saw him make some like he his stats may not speak for it, but he made some big plays near the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like DeAndre he, Hunter. He might go in the top five pick. Right, well, yeah, that's what a lot of draft experts are saying. Secondly, Virginia's only other loss than Duke was Florida State. And they did not have to play another team anywhere near that caliber with the experience, the depth, anything like that. And they have to play a Texas Tech team, which they they should have this. They should. I'm not saying Texas Tech won't, but they should. I would they, think Virginia would win, but. Yeah, if you, you know, look at Texas it on Tech, paper, like. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just it doesn't. It, the stats lean towards Virginia, but I want the storybook ending, and I want Texas Tech to win. Well, everybody wants a storybook ending, but even according to ESPN's BPI, they have an 80% chance at winning this out. So, <laughs> I, I don't think they're giving Texas Tech enough credit. With oh, that no, one. absolutely not. No. No, no, for sure. I could very easily see uh, I think Texas it's more State. like 60-40. Yeah. I mean, it, Chris know, Beard won Coach of the Year. Maybe and even the he's 50, led. 50. Oh. He's led a Texas Tech team that's never even been to the Final Four to the championship game and have a legitimate shot at winning. Yep. So he, I would I would not count him out at all. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. If this man can rally a team that lost top like five out of the top six scores from last year's team and have them believe in the preseason that they were Final Four contender and now national t- uh, title contender, I. You deserve to have some sort of credit. You do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chad. What's your what's your prediction? Final prediction. Pick a team. Um. 
so I said Virginia last week. Yep. Um, do I still think that? Um, yeah, I'm still going to go Virginia, yeah. All right, Noah, final prediction. Pick a team. I, I don't feel good about it, though, but, yeah, that's what I'm going with. I feel like Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunt, all of them are going to go into the NBA with a ring. I just, I, I love Texas Tech, but I don't see this happening. I just, um, I don't. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Texas Tech just because I want the story beginning. But uh, Devin, what do you think? What's your, what's your team? Uh, I'm going to stick with, uh, I'm going to stick with the Cavaliers on Monday night. Well, looks like I you got Texas an underdog, Tech Josh. So. Yeah. All right. Well. Well, let's see how it goes Monday night. Monday at a 9.20 Eastern start time. Thank you, Chad, because we needed to know that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just don't like that it's that late. But. I don't either. Nobody does. Um, so, Coach Cal getting a, uh, getting a lifetime extension at UKA. What do you all think? Uh, <laughs> Pat Ward. That's what I think of that. <laughs> no, bef- no let's, let's, let's wait and get to Pat Forty later. <laughs> uh, so let's see what was the deal it's so uh who was who reported it seth davis seth davis reported it he reported it as a lifetime contract extension but what uk says it's not lifetime it's just like a long-term contract where he can pretty much stay as long as he wants and basically finish out his career at kentucky but there's not really any details yet on it but it might be worth over $10 million a year. I think I think it's a great decision by Kentucky because when you look at what Coach Cowell has done over the last 10 years, he's ranking first in so many things, like most wins, most Final Fours, most Elite Eights, Sweet Sixteens. I don't yeah. think... I don't think he'll fail. He hasn't failed yet, and I don't. I don't see him failing at all. And the recruiting classes that he bring in each year always have the potential to get to the championship, minus you know Archie Goodwin. Uh, we'll forget about that <laughs> that team. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's like yeah, and you have to take Cal's recruiting over anyone really. Like I know Kay has gotten a lot of the superstars in the recent years. But Cal has been the more consistent recruiter, I think, with the one-and-done era. And he started it. Yeah, what? He started, he started it. it. People just hopped on oh. board. Hey, who would, who he built, he builds solid teams every year, and I just think it's hard to go wrong with it. Like, who else are you going to get? Yeah. Who wouldn't want a pay cut to go to UCLA, though? Take less money? Move, <laughs> move to no. Poly for No. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if, I think they were if, if it wasn't a Pac-12 school, then maybe. But yeah, Jalen Hands is your star player. Oh boy! Oh, we love that. And Pat Forty. Okay. Oh yep. Go on, okay. Chad. You do your thing. Okay. Here's the thing. Pat Forty. He okay. He's a national college analyst, college basketball analyst, and he works for Yahoo Sports. And just, I'll just do everyone a favor from saving you the torture of reading a Pat Forty article on Yahoo Sports. <laughs> but he basically said that Cal is on a decline because his teams haven't been, since 2015, because his teams haven't been that good. And he's only won one title in the past decade. But it's tar- winning the title's hard. Like, basketball in the NCAA tournament is random. 
Like, it's single el- elimination. Like, one screw up, your season's over. Like, and UConn. UConn won it two years, and those teams weren't even that good. So if we're me- measuring greatness on titles, we really going to put UConn up there? Look at how they're doing. It's, it's just a mess. And he also said that it wasn't the best thing for Kentucky. Well, obviously, I have to disagree with that as well. Because, like, who else are you going to go out and get? Especially in recruiting. You can't really get a better recruiter than Cal. And Pat Forty just personally has a vid- is out to get Cal. And it makes him act irrationally sometimes, I think. And that is, our, that is our recurring segment of Chad's Rant of the Week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, let's go on to some baseball. How about Mike Trout? What do you all think about him? Well, I do believe that uh, four home runs in three games with a 385 batting average is uh, pretty okay in anybody's book. I think anybody can agree with that, right? Oh, uh, yeah. He's definitely reestablished himself after a slow start. Absolutely. And not to mention following it with a 556 OBS and a 923 slugging out of 10 RBIs, five runs. Absolutely staggering stats within these last games. Yep. Four or four of those runs in three days, too. One of them was was a grand slam. This is why he was paid the big bucks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. He's still pretty young, too. Like, I'm oh, yeah. Fan. Yeah, when does the contract end? 32, and they get... 12 oh. years. Yep, 12 years of that. 12 years of Mike Trout. Enjoy your blessing. <laughs> uh, what about what about the top of the AL West? Focus on the Mariners' explosive offense. Mm-hmm, yep. 82. <laughs> I, I can't 40, say. 48 I... runs this year. Yeah, I can't say I knew the Mariners would be this good. Like, who is their best player? Tim Beckham? Well, it was coming into the season, it was supposed to be Mitch Hanniger, but seeing what Domingo Santana and Ryan Healy have done, I'll have an OPS over 1,000, which Mm is very impressive. And they've had 47 RBIs. That's crazy. That's and their crazy. starting pitching hasn't even been that good. Um, They've just hit like crazy. It's been insane. And I know they played the atrocious Red Sox for a series. Yeah, they took helped. three of the four games. Three of the four games to the defending champs. That's crazy. <laughs> Dude, they really look like the defending champs. No. It's, no. it's hard. If you were <laughs> just just came over to America... And someone were to tell you, oh, yeah, this is the same team that won the pennant last year. They would literally laugh in your face. Literally, their pitching game has been horrible this year. To say the least, probably. What, how, on a scale of 1 to 10 on the worryometer, how worried are we about the Red Sox this year? <laughs> I will, okay, so let's, <laughs> last week I was only about like a 4 or 5, if I'm being honest. I thought they would turn it around. Mm-hmm. But another week's by, gone by, and it seems to have gotten worse. I'm so at an I'm eight. Probably out to an eight. Yeah, I was going to say eight or nine. It's pretty high. Like, the, the changes that they've made pitching-wise are just destroying them right now. 
Yeah, Craig they, being the biggest one. Yeah. Well, I don't think we really can re-sign him, but anyway. they've allowed they've allowed a home run in every single game this season, and they've allowed multiple home runs in five games already. And four of those, right? they've already had allowed at least three home runs. So, if that says anything about their pitching, it's bad. So that's crazy. I oh. well, perhaps the, perhaps the, yeah. I I, <laughs> I would at least think Chris Sale would at least do decent, but even he hasn't. Oh, his his velocity's been down. It's very mm-hmm. concerning. They've not. It's he's at been averaging eighty nine miles per hour on his four seam fastball. Down from 95 last year. 89 on his fastball. That's crazy. It generated zero whiffs uh, per stat cast on his start on Tuesday. Right. Even though he got a quality start, only gave up one run. It's definitely a cause for concern. Porcello has had a bad week. So I'm going to try to make him feel better. Not like he needs me to make him feel better. <laughs> but he... Okay, so he pitched today... Or no, not today. Yesterday. He pitched... Four and two thirds, and gave up seven ER. So, and if it makes him feel any better, Brian Johnson, the relief pitcher that came in after him, he also gave up seven earned runs. But the difference between that is it took Brian Johnson one inning, one inning to give up seven runs. So, yep, it's, it's really unbelievable. And Brock Holt, he's on the IL because his son poked him in the eye, if that tells you how this season has gone so far. <laughs> Blake Swihart's been your best hitter. <laughs> I wish I were making that up. Well, speaking of mediocrity and absolutely disgusting things, how about the Reds getting <laughs> shut out in three straight games? <laughs> Any thoughts on that, please? Worst record in baseball sounds, sounds like the Cincinnati Reds for you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Nothing changed. I, I grow up and that always starts off, doesn't it? <laughs> they yeah. they won the first game of the year. Should have gone 162 and 0, but psych. Haven't won a game <laughs> since. A lot a lot of players for them are underperforming. Like Jose Peraza, I did not think he'd start off with a 227 average. That's not good at whatsoever. No. 227 average is good. <laughs> Let me read you this stat. The Reds outfield, like all, all the players combined, they started out with the worst hitting performance in the history of the MLB. Their combined batting average was .092. Mm-hmm, yep. Their starting that, pitching has not been that great as well. No. And they made all those free agent moves try to make it improve. Yeah, and they did not. <laughs> Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp have been complete duds that, so they've far. They've been, yeah, studs to say the least. And then Scott Shebler, that might be the worst player I've ever seen, <laughs> literally had a zero batting average through the first yep. five games. Oh, altogether, they're dead last in runs scored so far. It was only 11 through eight yeah. games. Yep. His batting average is literally eight. Right now, he has one or two hits. They need Nick Senzel to come back from the minors quick. Yep. Joey yeah. Votto can't be a one-man team. He tried last year. But... <laughs> he's going to have to try good. harder this year so far. <laughs> well, he's tried many years. Let's, let's rephrase there. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> 
like each year he gets, he looks more unhappy at first base. Like it's pretty bad. <laughs> Moving on to bigger and better things, literally. Where do you think Zion Williamson will drop in the draft? Well, uh, you I mean drop is in at a team? I hope. You oh mean, yeah, so like, at a team. Pick wise, yeah. he ain't yeah. dropping nowhere below. No, no, the top. no, no. <laughs> Number one. Oh, of course. That's unanimous. I'm thinking New York. I feel like that. I feel like a lot of moves are going to be made there. It Dennis just Smith. what they do in free agency. Really? Yeah, it really does. It really does. You're right. For the Knicks to be attractive, I think they have to sign like one or two superstars in free agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Hinted at. Mm-hmm. Yes. KD. 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 They, they have DeAndre Jordan as well if he can perform. If he can keep up rebounding like he does every year, then that's always good. I... Um, let's see. Another team that I like personally is the Phoenix Suns with uh, Aiton and Booker. Add Zion in there. Bunch Josh of, Jackson too. Bunch of young talent on that team. I agree with that. I think he'd be. I think he'd fit well with the Suns. I, I I tend to disagree with the Suns pick. I don't really, I don't really see that fit being all all that sunshine and rainbows. Well, why not? <laughs> well, I just think uh, putting him with a ball dominant shoot first guard like Devin Booker, and then pairing him with a seven footer and DeAndre Ayton trying to compete for space um, would be a bit difficult when you pair him with someone like Ayton. Just kind of. Clogging the lane, I think. Yeah, I guess, but it it'd be a really dope looking front court. As long as you know, if Devin Booker is willing to give up the ball a little more and like settle into his role as a shooter, then I think it'd fit really well because you know Zion's not the best at shooting. So if you surround him with a shooter like Devin Booker, then I think that that could do some damage. Uh, my, my, my my favorite pick uh, for Zion would have to be the Memphis Grizzlies if they somehow got lucky and won the lottery. <laughs> I definitely think what are the, the chances? I if if they somehow got lucky, I mean, I guess they could always trade up. What um, do they have to trade up? Exactly. They don't have much. They don't have much. <laughs> they could trade away their future. Like I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, they'd have. They might have to give up Jaron Jackson if they want a chance at Zion. Maybe Dylan Brooks. Maybe Dylan Brooks. No, nah, no, no way. Zion's, no. <laughs> uh, definitely Jaron Jackson. Dylan Brooks. No, nah, he's he started. He he had an okay rookie season, but he kind of fell out. Wow. I definitely like to pair Zion with a distributor like Mike Conley in the backcourt to help oh, develop yeah. him yeah. and Jaron Jackson. I definitely like that tandem in the. I honestly feel like they would trade Conley and try to go younger at the guard spot. He's starting to get up there in age. His contract's starting to take up a lot. Yeah, they I, already moved off Marcus all this season, so I can definitely see that also. Yeah, of course. So I, I can see maybe a rebuild here. That, that That's the thing about the Zion. He could go to a team that's rebuilding, and he's going to have to be patient, or he's going to have to go to a team that's near one piece of contending. Like, it's no in-between. What do you think about the Cavs? Second coming of LeBron. Even though they don't need another. They don't need another first overall pick to blow. 
<laughs> I don't see how they could blow this one though, unless he gets injured. Take Anthony, take Anthony Bennett again. Maybe. Oh God. Hey, he's trying to make a comeback though. He's trying to make a comeback. Okay, Even if they I've don't get the first pick and get Zion, they can still get like RJ Barrett or John Moran. Like it's it would yeah, be really think, hard to mess it up. Yeah, for real. And like pair them with Colin Sexton, Kevin Love. I think it could work out. All right. So more with uh, NBA. What do you all think about Russell Westbrook? Third season in a row, averaging a triple double. The man is insane. I think this story kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Like, third season in a row averaging a triple-double. Nobody in the in their right mind would even think that. Ever. And even Oscar ago, had to do it once, and he's one of the greatest guards to ever play the game. Like, Yeah, he broke the record with 42 uh, two years ago in his MPP season. Yeah. Do you all think he's just a stat patter? Or do you think he's better than that? Because I think he's better than that. I don't believe he's padding stats. If anybody's padding stats, I think it's James Harden. Let's not get too <laughs> carried away here. That's his own argument in itself. Right. But, yeah, I think Russell Westbrook's just insane, and he he deserves a lot more credit. Yeah, absolutely right. All right, what is your performance of the week, guys? Personally, mine would be Chris Beard. Uh, he's been coaching too too well. He's outcoached Roy Williams, outcoached Coach K, John Calipari, just all in this season alone. Um, he, he's came over from very small schools of Little Rock and came over from Europe, but that all into one team and made them go to the national championship in less than three years. Yep. Yeah, he's he's done very well. Especially getting his team now to the championship, that's that's yep. very impressive. And they ended Kansas's streak of regular season yep. Big 12 titles, uh, shared it with Kansas State Absolutely. as well. And the Big 12 committee had them ranking seventh in the rankings this season. Didn't even see them making it at all. Yep, I completely agree. All right, I'm going to go on to mine. My performance of the week is none other than the GOAT, greatest of all time. Kyle Guy of the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, you know, minus the controversial call. It wasn't his fault at the end of the game, but uh, it wasn't his fault. Like I said, um, Kyle Guy, you know, he had 15 points, but what he did at the end of that game was clutch beyond belief. He hit that corner three and then, of course, got fouled at the end by Samir Doughty and hit all three of those free throws to win the game for them. That when you're put at the line with that much pressure on that stage to hit three free throws and he didn't even hit rim on a single one, that just blows my mind. And I think that just, that's definitely one of the performances of the week. Yeah. I especially like the free throws when you're in the final four game and you are down two and you have, and you shoot a three and get fouled. You have to make all three of these free throws to win the game. And he, he did it. I commend him for that. So Yep. All right, Devin, what do you think? What's your performance of the week? Um, I'm going to go with uh, perhaps the best hitter in baseball this season in Cody Bellinger. Uh, when you look at what he's been able to do, at least in the past week, um, he's leading Major League Baseball in home runs and RBIs with 6 and 17 respectively. And he's leading baseball in runs scored with 13. And when you look at their prolific, uh, prolific uh, Dodgers offense that we touched on last week, um, he's definitely 
the player that can uh, catapult them to continue that success. Um, he's fifth in the major league in OPS with an OPS of 1402, which is absolutely insane. Um, only behind the likes of Mike Trout, Griffin Yelich, um, some some of the studs that everyone knows. But uh, Cody Bellinger is definitely bouncing back from his injury last year. And um, perhaps the biggest knock on him, knock on him has been uh, the fact that he can't hit lefties. But uh, when you look at his stat line this past week, he hit two home runs off of lefties and uh, has started every day against left-handed pitchers. So he's definitely making a nice step forward this year, and uh, I'm excited to see him keep it up. I agree. Yeah. All right. it's it's it, We should have probably mentioned him more last week because he was also doing good last week, but Christian mm-hmm. Yelich kind of took the spotlight. Uh, on last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, my performance of the week, I'm going with Brody, Russell Westbrook's historic night. Uh, Tuesday, I think it was, against the Lakers. His uh, Westbrook's stat line was 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 21 assists. And he also only had two turnovers. And he's the second player only to Wilt Chamberlain to have a straight 20-20-20 triple-double line. Wilt the still, yep. That's uh-huh. crazy. And he also clinched uh, his third straight season, uh, averaging a triple-double. So I'm just saying, that sounds really good. Uh, it takes a special player to do that. And, like, his mi- his milestones seem insurmountable. And the only knock on him, I guess, is that he could clean up some of his reckless plays. And he'd be, like, even more fun to watch. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. He definitely had a historic night. All right, and if you have any performances of the week that you would like uh, to point out to us, feel free to email us at theftspod at gmail.com and include all of the performances of the week that stood out to you. All right, guys, that concludes the end of this episode. Remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Again, our handle is at theftspod. And our DMs are always open, as we said last week. So feel free to send us a message. We'd love to hear from you guys, and we'll be back again next week. Bye. Have a great time.